Welcome to another episode of Eat, Chit, and Dice, a fortnightly podcast about board games and sometimes food. I don't know. Uh, I'm Jondi, and with me, as always, is... Jared. Oh, jeez. That was... <laughs> Crazy loud. It's fine. It'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fixed in post. Uh, yeah, Jondi, we're, we're talking about, well, talking about a few things. We are. It's kind of a... And food, actually. It's a point salad episode. You know... So very recently, we went to uh, Nashville Tabletop Day. Shout out to Meeple Mountain. And it's a really great time. Um, if you live in the Midwest at all, you should go next year. Yeah. Super awesome fun. You could play games with us. So we thought we would just talk about the games that we played while we were there and uh, any other games we've played very recently. Because sometimes it's just fun to not go on a theme and just talk about some stuff that we've been playing and excited about recently. Yeah, we've done, we've done one of these before. And I, you know, thought that was, that was a pretty, pretty reasonable episode. Yeah. And I think the next one will be similar because we're going to talk about Geekway at the, on the next episode, I believe. Uh, I'd have to look at the calendar, but yeah, that sounds, sounds maybe right. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to dive right in? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do that. Um, okay. Space Park? Space Park. Just just go down the list. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Space Park. So, Space Park. Space Park. Space Park. Um, It is a game by Keymaster Games. And as you might guess, it is a space-themed game. Mm -hmm. It is really, really easy, very simple game, but there's, but it's, it's really fun. So the fact that it's easy and, and simple, there are some games out there that are, that are like that, that you're just like, okay, this is boring. This one was really fun, even though it was really a simple concept, I think. So I first um, had some exposure to this game at Gen Con. They had a little like tableside demo set up, and I played that. The game's the game is not bad. No. So everything that I'm going to say about it is not meaning that the game is bad. I have just always had really bad luck when playing. So here's here's the the gist of the game. It's a modular board. Yeah, you you lay out the tiles. And you, when you take an action, you displace, it's worker displacement. So you go to an area and you move this rocket ship. And there's three rocket ships and you can go to those, move them around. Um, And what happens to me every single time is, oh, I want to do this action on my turn. Okay, well, let me just plan for that. And oh, the person that went in front of me did my action and now I can't do anything. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah. But that's not a problem with the game necessarily. It's, I mean, I guess to a degree it is a problem with the design of the game, but there's not really like. Well, and that happened to me a few times, at which point that's when I would try, hopefully, to get other cards so that there were multiple things I was working on. Uh, so the idea is there's one, two, seven different locations. Mm-hmm. The different locations do different things. Like one lets you get new missions. You randomly lay them out to form a circle or you do a rectangle. That's what we did. Cause it doesn't matter. Yeah. So like one of the locations let you get, lets you get new missions. I think that's what they were called. Uh, one of the locations, each of the, lo- many of the locations let you get the exotic crystals. Table scatter. Need. Um, so there's like what three different colors of the crystals. There's like red, green, and blue. Purple. Purple or blue. If you're trying to picture these in your head, it's table scattered gems, um, like from Ascension. Yeah, yeah, 
And you're trying to collect a certain number of these gems to, co to complete uh, missions or whatever that you have in your hand. And those are a combination of set collection and pick up and deliver. Yeah. Because you have to collect the gems from different locations in the board and then deliver them to... There's one specific location that you can use to turn in these to cards. To turn in the cards, yeah. And when you turn them in, then they go out in front of you. They're worth points. And a lot of them have, like, abilities that help you throughout the game. They may give you a discount on, like, if you're collecting, if you want to focus on the purple ones, you can get a card that gives you discounts on the purple missions. Yeah. Have we, I, I guess we're just, we'll just keep calling them missions. I don't know. I don't remember what they're called. Uh, um, it, it says here, destinations feature actions such as gaining a certain type of crystal, acquiring new badge to work towards. Oh, maybe they're exploration badges that you're trying yeah. to do. Use uh, the crystals to complete exploration badges. Yeah. So they're not missions, they're badges. But I mean, it's the same. It's like a mission, it's a badge. It's the cards that you have to complete to get points to win the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it has three, they're not resin, but they're just three little plastic rockets. And uh, that you, you go there, and then you move the rocket to the next open destination clockwise. So it's very easy to get blocked by someone going to a place and you're like, okay, well, I have to wait for it to come around the board again before right. I can go there. Or you can use a fast pass to move it a few extra spaces, but still in the direction of clockwise. So you can't use right, it to go right. back. There's a, there's a robot. Mm -hmm. um, it's not 3D like the spaceships. It's just like a little standee. No, I think I want to say that they were doing, uh, this was a Kickstarter and maybe the, the robot was there are pictures on BGG of like a 3D printed robot? I I thought maybe that the robot was um, like the Kickstarter exclusive, but yeah, no, I see that there's a a 3D print file for the Scout robot. Yeah, but so the robot is uh, uh, uh how do you explain what you do with the robot? Hmm. So it, yeah. Whoever controls a robot moves it just all they do is move it to a certain spot. And if somebody goes and triggers the action of that spot, you get stuff. Yeah. Because you have the you sent the robot. Because you're, I, I you're the one that's in control of the robot. I don't, I don't know. Uh, you're the evil mastermind controlling the robot. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't Honestly, know I, don't, I don't feel like the robot was really an important part mm. of the game. Like, the game would be just fine if you took the robot completely out. Yeah. Yeah, it's just an extra way to get the pink crystals, basically, yeah. or a fast pass. Yeah. Which is fine, whatever. I, I, I enjoyed playing the game. It's a quick game, I think, 20 minutes. Um, let me, 20, 25 minutes, and that was with us reading through the instructions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really easy to play. Like, I think this would be a great game to play with younger players so so because you can teach it to them so easily yeah and you know it's fun enough that you're not going to go oh my god i don't want to play this game with the kids yeah i think it's a pretty reasonable worker placement style game um yeah. the, it, the theme is what really you're, i love me some space games yeah yeah and and you're not gonna it's not overly spacey like a lot of space games i think are just like 4x games when i think of space games right. i think of 4x games like this one it's a space game but it's it's an accessible space game 
So you're not looking at like Eclipse or something that's yeah. going to take a long time to get into. It's a quick game. You can just get into it. We actually started playing it uh, to fill time until the people that we were going to play games with had finished the game they were playing. Because mm-hmm. they were playing um, Underwater Cities, which is a long game. And they were close to the end. So we're like, hey, let's play Space Park and then we'll get done about the time they do and we can play a game together. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I didn't dislike the game. I don't know that I would run out and buy it, but I would definitely play it again. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. I, I also don't think that I would run out and buy it, but you know, I, if I'm going to play a space game, I've got a lot of space games that I can play. Right. And while I think that it was a fun game and I wouldn't mind playing it again, I don't think that I would buy it. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, if I had a friend that said, I really want to play Space Park, I'd be like, okay, I don't mind playing yeah. it. But do I need to add it to my collection? Mm-hmm. No. Maybe not. I honestly kind of feel that way about uh, a lot of the games that we played. Not all of them. Uh, there's there's a couple that I thought were standouts. Uh, and I guess we can talk about the next game. Yeah. Which uh, eh, uh, is another game that I don't know that I necessarily need to run out and buy, but I liked it. I, I would add this one to my collection. Uh, it's Trap Words, Trap Words by yep. CGE. Check Games Edition. And it's... No, I've been thinking all day about how to explain this to people. Okay. So, the 80s game that came with the buzzer, Taboo. Mm-hmm. You have a list of words. There's one word at the top that you're trying to get people to guess. And then you have like five words that you can't say. I remember that. So, like, if you want to get someone to talk about, like, washing machine, maybe you can't say laundry or clothes or soap or water. So, you know, you got how do you explain that without using those words? Right. Well, that's your problem. So this takes that idea and makes it so you don't know what those words that you're not allowed to say are. Because right. the other team because has written them. Because the other team them. is going to pick them. And while you need to stay within the spirit of the game when you're picking them. So we are playing, like, the Magic Edition or whatever. Yeah. The theme does nothing for me in this game. No, I don't think it, I don't think the theme matters. Like just have words, but like we would get things like troll and oh, there's an airplane. we would like words that we would put on there would be like bridge, uh-huh. uh, riddle goats, like for the three billion right. goats gruff. So, and, and depending on where the, the player is on the, on the dungeon board, that determines how many trap words you can use for them right so you as a team you come up with you have these little pieces of paper you come up with like 10 words that you think that you want to try to use that you think that the other people will say and then like john d was saying if you can only use three of them you go through and you like cross out the ones that you can't use and then uh the other team tries to guess uh so you'll have a guesser squad because you can play with more i mean it says four to eight players and I would say you definitely want to have at least, you know, I think we played it with four. I think it would be a lot more fun at like six. Mm-hmm. So one person on the team knows what the word is. Yes. And they have to try to get the other team to guess. No, they're trying to get their own team to guess. Yes. Yeah, sorry. The other people on the team. Yeah. Yes. Um, and they can say whatever they want to. But the other team knows what words they're not allowed to say. So let's say it's troll. And I want to say like, okay, so this is someone I got to think outside the box a little bit. So yeah. I think thematically you're supposed to 
describe like a fantasy style troll, but you could also say like, okay, it's someone who tries to make you mad by telling you lies on the internet. Now, the other team could argue like, hey, that's not within the style. That's not within the spirit of the game because we're this is the fantasy. Which I dis I, I would I would disagree with that because I think you're just trying to get the person to say, to say that th word. I think the words are the fantasy words and not necessarily how you right. get there. That's what I think. So too. if someone did that while I was playing for troll, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. That's that checks out. That's legit. So in addition to the word thing, and I, I thought the word thing was fun. Like usually I'll say, oh, it's a word game. I'm not sure I want to play this. This one was, was fun. Um, there's an extra layer added to it. It's kind of you take this word game and then you add like a, a dungeon crawl to it, which I thought was kind of cool. You could totally play it without that dungeon crawl yeah, just for fun. It wouldn't change anything. Like there's a final boss that adds some restriction on. Yeah. Like, oh, your team only gets five guesses total. Like, yeah. Uh, okay. That's fine for yeah. what it is. And there's like a monster that moves closer to you as if, if you don't get your word. So I, I like the dungeon crawl layer, especially if you're going to play it with uh, gamers, but it's definitely a layer of the game that if you're playing it with at a party or whatever, if you don't put that out, it's not a huge deal, No, I but I do think it's a cool, anything. I thought it was a fun layer though. It was kind of a cool addition to a word game. It made it, it made it unique enough that I wasn't saying, oh, this is like a gazillion other party games. Yeah, it was a, a little bit of a twist on that, but, you know. I, I enjoyed it. I had fun playing it. Uh, I would add it to my, my to my collection. I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd buy it full price, but like if a miniature market for like price. I'd 20 or under. And I don't know what the I retail is. I don't know what is. the retail is on it. But um, I, I would, if it's a $30 game, which I don't think that it is, because it's the same size box as, like, code names. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I would, same, similar play, content. I wouldn't mind playing like tw paying, like, 20 or 25 I would not pay over 25 I wouldn't pay over 20 for it. But that's, you know, for but what it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was mean, not bad. It was fun. The art's really, really fun and cute. And it's, it's a game that if I'm getting together with friends especially not necessarily like hardcore gamer friends or if there's more than five people so it's hard to find games to play it was a, it's a perfectly good game to take out and play when you have too big of a group to really play a, a board game board game so the the examples here on the the bgg page um that the word is axe so you might say it's a thing that a dwarf could use but oh the other team wrote down dwarf because you know, Lord of the Rings, Gimli and my axe, etc. Right. Or you could do a more interesting out of the box thing and say, okay, so it's a tool that is used by a man who has a beard. And you could also go a complete different way and say, some people will, will use this when they say ask. When, when you, I think that's an illegal clue. Is it? I think so, because it's, you can't say that it sounds like a word. And I think that would be too close. But you could say, all right, are you familiar with a brand of paper towels that has a lumberjack on it? But you probably wouldn't say lumberjack is, is probably yeah, a lumberjack. Word. Yeah. But you could be like, okay, uh, th there's a brand of paper towels that has a mascot. And he would use this kind of thing in his job. And you're like, okay, let me think what... What paper towel mascot? Oh, Bounty. I think it's Bounty that has the I think the you're right, yeah. Uh, an axe. 
okay, cool. You got there without using one of the trap words. Yeah. I don't know. Cat it's an I, interesting Cat experience. Cat and I were pretty good at it. Um, I really, when Swan was the thing, and I tried to go with Natalie Portman ballet, ballet movie, and you guys had ballet as one of the traps. Because we wow. knew. We knew that's where you were going to go with it. We just knew. And so, I also thought about saying like a super fancy duck or super fancy goose. And we had, we had, we had, I think we had duck on there because of the ugly duckling yeah. story. Yeah. So, it it would have been an interesting thing to figure out how to get there. Yeah. But not knowing what words I'm not allowed to and say. And that's, that's is the, what I enjoy. That's what I really enjoyed about the game. It was that was where the magic was yeah. in this game. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but I think it, we played it with four people. I think it would be a lot more fun with six or eight. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Especially in some of the later rounds when you have restrictions on how many guesses you're allowed to have. Right. Because then you really have to be like, okay, team, we got to work together on this. Right. Don't just blurt something yeah. out. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I would, I would a hundred percent play it again. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. Okay. So we also played a game that I don't, I don't know that you qualify as a game. We had a discussion about it while we were playing it, and I think the consensus was that it is a game. Cobra Paw. Yeah. It's a thing where you you roll a die, two two dice actually. Um, There's a bunch of dominoes out. Yeah, they're they're little dominoes, and they all have. I guess there's six symbols. Mm-hmm. So you have so. two identical D6s and all of the dominoes have unique patterns. So they might have a double of the same one or, or whatever. And uh, so you roll a, the, the two D6s and then you, with two fingers, grab the matching domino, even if it's in front of another player. Yes. And um, that's, that's, <laughs> that's yeah, it. Yeah, like it's a game that's really good for people that are good at pattern recognition. When I was uh, showing how to play the game, I was on it like immediately. Yeah, you immediately. were. Immediately. But then when we actually played, we started you playing. were not on no, it at I, all. I don't know what happened. I never got a single domino because I am just not good at at speedily like picking something up and, you know, finding it in a, yeah. in a jumbled mess. I, that's just not my strong suit. And it's, it's a five-minute game, if yeah. even that. Uh, you can learn to play it in about 30 seconds and play it in like two minutes. I think Seriously. the rules, they, they're like, all right, after you've played, play it like three more times. Cause it, we played it twice. It doesn't last long enough to really justify having gotten it out of the box. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, there's nothing wrong with it. I thought it was fine, but, uh, it wasn't a game. I mean, I guess it was a game. I guess technically it's a game. It's just not, it's not an activity. It's definitely a game. It's made by bananagrams. Yeah. So maybe that tells you something about it. Um, here, here's the description. This is it. It's, I guess, two sentences. In Cobra Paw, players take turns rolling the dice, which feature six unique symbols, then race to grab the tile with a matching pattern before anyone else. Whoever grabs six tiles first wins. Yep. And that really that, sums and up that, the game. That's, that's, uh, that's it. I mean, I didn't, I didn't dislike the game. I just didn't really like it either. I was very uh, meh on it <laughs> to the point where it was a play and win and I didn't put my name on it. If it was available for like five bucks, I'd think about it, but still probably pass on it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even put my name on it to try to win it and no. play to win. No, uh, you know, if 
If you if have younger kids. My, yeah, if this wasn't my collection, it would never come off the shelf. No. Never. Because there are even games that I would rather play with my nephews than this game. Uh, and the box is also not a normal standard size no, shape. so it would be a pain in the butt to put it on your game shelf. It's like a little hexagon. Yeah. And I don't know why. I mean, it, honestly, they could have put it into like a little a little bag, a little cloth bag. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Like if it came with a cloth bag, not that they put it in a cloth. So Bananagrams does that. Yeah. Like you want to buy a copy of Bananagrams? It's, it's in a banana. In a, it's in a banana. I don't understand the game theme at all. Like it's cats, but it's just symbols. They're ninjas. On, right. They're ninja cats. They're ninja cats. But I don't, I don't, you don't see that in the actual game. It's just symbols. Well, the symbols are, well, not all of them. Um, some of them are kanji. So like you've got a few kanji here and then a circle and like a flower. So I guess they were like, Oh, it's, it's, it's Japanese. What can we, what's funny that we can make the theme? What about ninja cats? Yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Cobra Pro. I don't, I don't really have anything else to say about it. No, if you're a kid, it's great. If you're an adult, eh. uh, you would dread playing it more than a couple times. I think. Yeah. Rec Raiders. Yeah, so Rec Raiders, I think... I've played it twice. Jared's kids, played it once. Kids Table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared and I have some conflicting thoughts about the game, I think. I have a few key issues that are deal breakers for me. And, uh, you know, other than that, I like everything else about the game, except for a couple things that I think are... There's uh, one thing that is superfluous and does not add, I feel, anything to the game. Superfluous. Yep. And then... So, and then there's a mechanic of the game I can't get past. So it is a dice-rolling set collection worker placement game. The basic overview... It's an underwater, like, diving... It's underwater. You're, like, diving to try to collect treasure and put it in the museum. Uh, there's... A box yeah, but lid. you're also abducting fish to put them in aquariums? Uh, in the museum. Johnny, I've been to a museum. <laughs> maybe you're putting, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, anyway, let's just, let's, so, let's talk okay. about it. So there's a board with uh, several different wrecks that you're rating. And there's a box top that you do the dice rolling in which I do think was a neat mechanic. I really liked the way that they did this. And I hated it. I liked it a lot. So, so it, it just, it really depends on when you roll the dice into the box top, where they land. Yeah. So there's the symbol, there are symbols in the box top. You roll the dice and any of the dice that are on a symbol, they go in that spot and people can draft them and get whatever that thing is. I love the idea. I hate the execution. I loved it. I think it's great. I, that's, that's the part of the game I thought was unique and fun. Because, I mean, maybe it's superfluous. Maybe it, you I mean, don't it just adds like bonus stuff that you get when you take the die. So like but you if need it's the, the starfish, stuff. then okay, you get, you, you, yes, you do need the starfish. Yes. To buy the aquariums. Yes. That I also felt were an unnecessary addition to the game. So both issues. Well, you of also mine, use the starfish and the conch shell and. Yeah, but you can get those other, other ways. You can get those through the other mechanic. When you're taking stuff and putting it in your vault, if it's an exact match, you get those as bonus things. 
which right. then you can use as wild cards. I don't know. I just okay. So here's here's the sticking point of me and this game has to come after the explanation of how these mechanics work. Because if I just rant about why I don't like them without yeah. explaining what they right. are. So the dice, they go, there's a, there's like a little, bo- a little tiny board that has the three different or two different symbols. I think it's just, mm. it's a conch shell. Uh, I want to say there's four there's, things on the There's board. a seashell, a conch shell. Um, a clam shell? Isn't no, there? that's the seashell. Oh, there's three. There's three. There's the starfish, the clam shell, the spirally shell. Yeah, and I'm looking at it. There's three. There's the conch shell. Well, the blank. The... I was counting the blank as a... Yeah, so, and you roll the dice, and any of the symbols that the dice touch then go onto that little board in that symbol. Mm-hmm. And any of the ones that aren't touching anything just go in the blank spot. And then you draft dice, and the number on the die is on in each spot on the board, each wreck that you raid has six spots on it. And if you take a six, then you can go on any of the sixes in any of the wrecks. And when you go in the various wrecks, you are getting um, these little pieces, basically. They're, they're chits. Little chits that you use to... They're cardboard cubes. Yeah. Yeah, but you're, you're trying to get a certain number of those to complete cards, basically. Like set collection type things. So you know that there's you need to go to this wreck because you need like one type of treasure and you need a certain number of them. I liked the fact that also as you're collecting them, if you collect them in the exact order that is on the card, then you get like extra stuff. Or if you just have the things needed, but they're not in the order that they're listed on the card, you still are completing that card, but you don't get like whatever the extra thing is. Yeah. You don't get the bonus, whatever. So that's the main part of the game. The, there's also like a side thing where you collect aquariums, like you're, you're putting together aquariums and you can get bottom pieces, middle pieces, and top pieces. There is a middle piece that has an axolotl. There is. So you get those like using like your starfish or whatever. There's like starfish and seashells, like different combinations of those to get them. And the aquariums give you extra victory points at the end of the game. And honestly, if you completely ignored every other mechanic in the game and only collected these, you're going to win by a lot. Yeah. And that's another problem that I have with them. I think they're too powerful. I think especially if you complete them, because uh, the, mm-hmm. the tops... The tops give the you tops bonuses were, based on... The tops were kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, because they give you bonuses based on what types of pieces you have in that aquarium and they can really add up. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I liked the aquarium thing, but it definitely wasn't a needed part of the game. Like if you played it completely without the aquariums, it would still be a a decent game. I think so. Um, I, I don't really have anything else to say about recreators. Uh, I I didn't hate it. Yeah. I I, I had fun while we were playing it. I mean, if somebody wanted to play it with me, I, I'd play it again. I, it's another one. It's another one. I think this is the theme of the day. I wouldn't buy it. Yeah. All right. We also played, um, because we had some people with us that had not yet played it, Welcome to. I love this one. I I adore this game. Oh, we've, Jeez, John D., calm down. What'd you do? <laughs> I hit my wedding ring. Why'd you do that? Um, we've, we've talked about Welcome to a lot. 
if, if this is the first time that you've listened to one of our episodes, I'll just really quickly say it's, um, it's a paper and pencil game where you... It falls into the genre of roll and rights, but instead right of rolling, card. you're yeah. using cards. Um, and you're designing a neighborhood, and, uh, you know? Basically, there's numbers come out. Um, you have to put them in one of the neighborhoods, but just like in a regular neighborhood, once you have a seven somewhere, you can't put uh, a nine before it. They have to be in the order that they, like, in numerical order. Yeah. So as you get more and more address numbers written onto your neighborhoods it becomes more difficult yes. to continue to add new houses yes and that's that's where the fun lies it's uh it's kind of a puzzle yeah it's kind of a, a math puzzle but uh, yeah. I, I, I like it quite a bit and, i think uh, it's a really fun game i'm excited i got my kickstarter stuff recently that has like all the it has um dry erase boards oh yeah, yeah um it has like different themed neighborhoods like there's a halloween themed one and a christmas one and uh, a post-apocalyptic one, uh, a zombie one. So I mean, I like the, di- the different theme neighborhoods. It's just basically different boards that you're playing on. But uh, I was really excited to get it, and I'm looking forward to playing it again. It's a fun game. So it's from... Um, mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't remember the publisher. Mm-hmm. Deep Water Games. Ah, yes, Deep Water mm-hmm. Games. You're welcome. Uh, it is one that sells out very quickly from pretty much everywhere yeah so if you want to try this game the new printing of it probably will be hitting stores like any time now since the kickstarter recently delivered so i'd say grab it quickly because it will probably sell out again yeah cool we also played an amazing party game that is coming soon yes maybe i can't remember hold on let me look it up okay well, while John D. looks it up, let me just go through go through this. Um, so there, it's coming to Kickstarter. Right? Yes, it's coming to Kickstarter. The, yeah. Um, so there is a concept here that I, I think that is better expressed if I just do one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm using one of the example ones here. Um, pinning a tune for everyone on the planet to bellow. Do you know, John D? I, I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. Pinning a tune for everyone on the planet to bellow. Uh, no. No, I don't know that one. Uh, well, the answer here says, I write the songs that make the whole oh, world sing. Oh, yeah, I would have never. Here's one for you. Yeah. Having discomfort caused by a need for food similar to the wild dog-like animal. Hungry like the wolf, Duran Duran. <laughs> So basically, <laughs> and you get bonus points if you can name the artist. You also get more points if you, if can, you can sing, sing it. parts of it. So it's a really fun game with groups. I, I'd say you really need at least six people to play the game. Uh, for it to, you really need two teams and uh, two decent teams. Like we played it with eight people. Mm-hmm. There were four people on my each team, team. Did we were woof. amazing? Woof! You're welcome. <laughs> You guys were really good. Uh, it, it's I really like the game. It's coming to Kickstarter in June from Flying Lemur Games, and and we'll uh, plug it whenever it's, whenever it's up. Yeah, I would have to say not that a sponsor. A lot of party games I'm very meh on. This one I we finished playing and I a hundred percent would have turned around and played it again. Mm-hmm. But we didn't want to go through all the through all the cards. 
Uh, we are going to have it. Yes. If, if you will be a geek way to the West, look for Jared or myself. We have a prototype with mm-hmm. us, and we would be happy to show it to you. Yes, I will absolutely play this game. Now, probably what will happen. There's one more set of cards that we have not seen. Once we play yeah. through those, we will help other people play, yeah, but I don't think gonna, it would be fair for us to play it again. I'll read the clues. I'll be the, the, the clue giver. The clue giver. Yeah. Um, that way both teams can... But it wouldn't be fair for me. I don't think it was fair for me to be on the team. You were so anymore. good at it. You were so good at it. So, it was ridiculous. So he, they're going to make other versions. The prototype is 80 songs. Yes, it's just 80 songs, and that's my jam. Yeah. 80 songs, yeah. I'm all about 80 music. It's, but they're going to have like... Very, uh, varying. There's going to be like. There's going to be like a '90s, 90s one. some Broadway and, tunes. There's um, a lot of rooms for uh, for like expansions. Anything. Like it's this game. There's the sky's the limit on what they can do with it. Well, there's, I guess the Billboard Top 40 is the is the limit actually. Well, well, theory. there's some there's some deep cuts. There are, and but most of like it is Top 40 do, stuff that you would have heard of at least. Right. Um, like you, like if they do a Broadway tunes one, it, that's not gonna. They're gonna be well known ones, right? And like that one song from Rent. Yeah. Five hundred twenty-five. That, hmm, that's the one I was thinking of. Seasons of Love. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. it, show tunes. Show tunes are kind of my jam. So. Shapoopy. <laughs> this is a great game. There is gonna be a really cool. Um, backer level called the desk guest DJ. guest dj yeah and you'll be able to back for it as guest DJ. i may do that because t- i've got some yeah, deep totally. cuts so you don't get to pick the song mm. they will give you a song and you get to write the paraphrase mm, for it i've got some deep cuts john d so they'll give you a song you write the paraphrase for it and then you're going to send them your autograph or your signature and they're going to put it on the card like your autograph as right. the dj right so um send them a fake autograph because I don't want anybody to steal my identity and sign up for credit cards in my name. Right. So anyway. You can do that. All you need is someone's signature and you can buy a house. Right. With their with their credit. Not with my credit. Well, maybe with my credit. Not with mine. Uh yeah. So this is a fantastic game. I loved it. I would play it a gazillion times if there were a bunch of different uh packs to play. Right. I will back it on day one. Probably at the DJ guest pack level. Now, as much praise as we're heaping on this, I do have one major problem with it, and it's the same problem that I have with every trivia game. At some point, which for me is going to be very soon, you're going to be able to know the answers. Now, I think this has this problem more than like uh, like a Wits and Wagers type game. Because Wits and Wagers, it's like, how how tall is the Statue of Liberty measured in Oreo cookies or something stupid like that. Like you're not going right. to memorize that 80s songs though. You've probably already got memorized. There's a, a special part of the brain that develops for that kind of stuff for like pattern recognition and stuff. Like there was a study recently that people that grew up playing Pokemon have a special set of nerve clusters dedicated just to pattern recognition of Pokemon images and names. Right. So my thought on this is you would almost have to, if you own the game, you would almost have to treat it like you do a game of, like a copy of Time's Up, in which, like, if you, I don't know if you have played Time's Up very much, but when you have a, you know, I some have of the played cards, the game that it's based on. So with Time's Up itself, once you've played cards, like, you'll put them different in the box or you'll, so that you don't ever play those again because you would have an unfair advantage right. because you've seen how people 
right. did you those know clues what the charades or whatever. Would be or, yeah. yeah. You, so you don't ever play through the same cards again, which is why there's so much content out there for that game. And I feel right. like this game would be similar. Right. And the nice thing about this is because it's, I guess, restricted to popular music, um, they can do like, okay, here's, here's the, the, the first one that's coming out is totally eighties, but they could do another eighties pack of right. songs that they did. And I use, don't think or a nineties pack or two thousands. Yeah. And there's so going to be four expansions right off more. the back. They said there's going to be the main box will be, uh, will focus on eighties. There's going to be four expansions or whatever that you'll be able to get through the campaign, the seventies, the nineties, the two thousands and a mixtape expansion. Right. So those are going to be the first five sets that they're going to be doing. Their hope is that the game will be popular enough that they will continue to come out with new content, yeah. which I would be a hundred percent on board for. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of fun playing this and absolutely. I'm going to buy a copy, but the, uh, it, it will be, it'll be put on the shelf of games that only come out when I have a bunch of people over. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to play it. And I'm not going to play it. You're going to gonna... run it. And I think it's like my copy of two rooms and a boom. I'm never going to get to play my own copy. Right. Because I'll have to organize. And I would play this until I've seen too many of the cards and then I would just run it. But I think like, Oh, I remember this one. It's atomic kitten, whatever. That's a, (laughs) there's a deep cut for you. (laughs) No kidding. I, I like the game a lot. It, you know, it's, it has some of the normal problems you have with party games, but as far as party games go, this could very easily hit my, my, the top of my list, like up there with wits and wagers. So anyway, that's uh that's paraphrase songs and other words. It's going to be on Kickstarter in June. Yep. And we'll have a link for that whenever it's live. We'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and by the way, yep. Mm-hmm. Anybody yes. that does the re- like, if you watch reviews of it, they do have a special yeah, a reviewer special pack. pack, so that they're if you watch the reviews, they're not going to be giving away. Which stuff we that's be do in the game. have those. We do. But if you play it with us at Geekway, um, sorry, um, you're going to play with the other cards that we have. Right. Too, but so. the game itself is going to have a lot more yeah. than what we have in yeah. the prototype. So. So you might get spoiled a little bit, but that's okay. That's okay. I don't expect you to remember some of these weird paraphrases. Right. Okay, Johnny, do you want to do this next little area that you have here, or do you want to go to 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 this? Uh, yeah, to I'll, this guy I'll down go. Here? I'll just talk. Um, I played a couple of games that I didn't that weren't at the National Tabletop Day, uh, and the one I really want to talk about is um, Teotihuacan. Yep. Um, it or Teotihuacan City of Gods. It is a really really cool game. It's been on my radar for a long time, but I don't own the game and hadn't gotten a chance to play it. And I got a chance to play it last weekend with some friends and it's really cool. Um, there's a lot to the game as far as when you sit down to play the game, to learn the game, it is, I'm going to say it hundred percent overwhelming as the game was being explained to me. I, my eyes were going cross-eyed. I was like, I, there's no way there's too much to remember. But once you start <laughs> playing the game, it is really easy and it, cl- it clicks very quickly. But there's like seven or eight different sections on the board where you're trying to put your workers that all do different things. And on those sections, there's two different spots that do two different things. Jondi, um, what is the theme of this game? Oh, so it, it's set in... Um, at, in Teotihuacan, which was, I believe, an Aztec 
Um, I don't know. It was in Mesoamerica. It was pre-Columbian, but yeah. I don't know that it's specifically... I guess it is Aztec, but I, I don't think so. know... Uh, so you uh, are... Uh, yes, because it says here, as the dawn of the Aztecs comes closer... Well, there we go. ...player efforts and their ability to feel to feed their workforce are evaluated. So, yeah, that's the theme. Each player commands a, a force of worker dice. Um, they grow in strength throughout the game. You are going to, on your turn, you get just to move one worker around, and the board's modular. You get to move one worker um, by choosing the different areas on the board. And they'll cost you, like if other players are on the area that you're going to, it costs you because you have, because they're also there. So that's always a concern is I'm like, oh, I really want to go to this place and do this thing. And there's two other players there. So it's going to cost me money to do this. Um, and John D, do you pay that to the other players or to no, the bank? You play it, you pay it to the bank. I just thought that maybe some people would be like, would, would not, if you haven't played the game, I think that would be a fair question. Yes. One of my favorite aspects to the game is you're actually building a pyramid in the center of the board. And it's not as cool as the camel up pyramid. No, but you build this one. You, there's tiles. There's ti- yeah, mo- like little mahjong tiles. Yeah. And you, one of the locations that you can go on the board lets you get these tiles and place them on the pyramid. And that is really cool to like see the pyramid as it's being built. I can post pictures on our, on our Instagram of the game when we played it. I really, really liked it. There's a lot going on, though. A lot going on. There's their set collection. There's the tile placement. Uh, there's the worker placement. It's kind of a rondelle game. Yeah, it's a little bit complicated. It's, it's kind of a point salad-ish game. And it's complicated. But it's only complicated in the fact that when you're trying to learn it, you're going to go cross-eyed. Once you start playing, it's not difficult. Right, because you're not doing everything all at once. No. And When the game is being taught, it's like, okay, here's all of the game. But then when you're actually playing it, you're only doing one thing yeah. at a time. Yeah. The the thing that I... The game is lacking in... There are no worker... Like, worker... There are no player aids in the game, which you really, really, really need one for this game. I so think there's people, some in the BGG files. There are. And yeah. the, the people that I played with had printed them, and yeah. they were... They were completely invaluable. You have to have them. So if you if you get this game, if you play this game... Get grab the player player aids off of BGG because especially if it's your first time playing the game, they will be extremely helpful. Yeah, there's a the user be on your way has posted a what I think is probably the the one to get. It's but I I really liked the game. It's one that I definitely want to add to my collection at this point. It was on my radar for a long time. I saw a lot of people talking about it. Yeah, you've um, talked to me about it a few times. Yeah, and I totally want to get it and play it with you because I think you will really like this game. So since Jared hasn't played it, we can't really have a lot of discussion right, on it. Right. Um, I've seen it several times, which is, uh, you know, I'm familiar with what the game looks like, but I have not actually sat down and played a full game of it or a partial game even. But yeah, it's on my it's it's on my list of games I want to get, and maybe there'll be a future episode where we talk about it. Yeah, we could do a whole Mesoamerica episode. We could. We could. Yeah, because there's quite a few games. There are surprisingly. Okay, well, um, so the Origins Awards 2019 nominees 
are up. And we're not going to go through all of them because there's a lot. But there's some key games on here that Johnny and I have some feelings about that we Yeah, so we're basically going to just go over a couple of... Uh, the specific awards we're not going to go over. Like I, the board games category, the card games category, and the family games categories are really the only categories yeah. that uh, I think we need to talk about. Yeah. yeah I so, think so. Like, there's, there's not a funny game accessory this time. Yeah, so board, the board games... Well, I don't know. There's squig dice and also magic carpet, but... Yeah, so the board games, I'm just going to run down the list real quick. Um, there's Brass Birmingham from Roxley. Mm-hmm. Chronicles of Crime... From Lucky Duck Games, which mm-hmm. that is uh, on one uh, on our list of games to play for a future um, app-driven right. game episode. And I, I I also like Brass. I own Brass. Yeah, and I'm really excited about Chronicles of Crime. So uh, Cryptid from Osprey Games, Everdell from Starling Games, and I've mentioned John Everdell and I before. Both like that. Really like mm-hmm. Everdell. I haven't managed to get a copy. Oh really? I thought you had it. No, I I don't. Who, um, I really want it. Whose copy do have you played? Uh, Larry, Larry and Megan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've played my copy. Well, I love the game. If yeah. I can, I will buy a copy eventually when I, when I find Ooh, it. Oh, sure, somewhere. sure. Uh, Gizmos from Simon. Mm-hmm. Pulsar 2849 from yep. Czech Games Edition. I have that. Rising Sun from Simon. Root, have which that. I think is, pr- if I had to predict, I would say Root's going to be Yeah, I don't want to predict, but it, if I, it's if either I Root or the next game. Uh, so Root from Letter Games or Space Base from AEG. Yeah. Space Base is hugely popular. The new expansion just dropped. Um, Space Base is kind of like Machikoro, but better. So I could I could see it. it, So I could see it taking it. I could see Root taking it. I could see Root taking it. Now I think Everdell and Brass and maybe Chronicles of Crime are all good games, and they're definitely going to give the winner a run for their for their money. And just being nominated, honestly, is enough for a lot of these games to. I mean, you know, how many games come out in a year, you know? Right. And they've narrowed it down to these as the, quote-unquote, the best of right. the year. Or at least the the biggest in the cult of the new. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that section. Honestly, it's going to be Rising Sun because it's probably. Eric Lang. <laughs> it probably will be. But So, card games. Uh, Anatomy Flux from Looney, from Looney Labs. Almost every year, one of the Flux yeah, games Yeah, there's is, always is a this. Flux game. Uh, Choose Your Own Adventure, House of Danger. We've talked about that one a little bit before. We have. From Z-Man Games. Uh, Dark Souls, the card game from Steamforged Games. I don't know anything about that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get the MacGuffin from Looney Labs. Maiden's Quest from WizKids, which, which we talked about yeah. on a very recent episode. Uh, the Mind from Pandasaurus. And Villainous from Ravensburger. Now, I think it's a bit of a stretch here to put Villainous in the card game section. I feel section. like it almost needs to go in the board game you, section. Because you do have a board. Yeah, I was really surprised to see it you, in this. You have a board. Yeah, I was very surprised to see this one And it's not like category. it's optional that you have a board because you have to have the board because that has your actions on it. Yeah. So I disagree. So I, th- I think... Uh, as much as I want to say Maiden's Quest... I would love to see Maiden's Quest win, but it won't. Uh, if it does, I will be really, really excited. Oh, it'd be excited. awesome. I'll be so excited. But I, if I had to say... If I had to pick one, I'm going to say The Mind or Villainous. Uh, and Just see, based, based on popularity. Villainous is not even a card game. I know. It, it has cards. Fit. It doesn't fit. So but if Space it wins, Base also has cards. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. But The Mind is extremely popular. Yeah. I could see it taking this prize. Uh, CCGs, we don't really have a lot to say. You know, there's 
Cardfight Vanguard, Dragon Ball, Heroclix is a card game. Uh, it's collectible, I guess, so that's fine. Uh, Keyforge, which honestly, Keyforge might take it. I think uh, it will. You know, there's a, a, the new Magic expansion, the new Pokemon expansion, the Light new Star Seekers. Wars, the new Yu-Gi-Oh. We, we don't the, play these anymore. Uh, I used Key to. Keyforge, I like Keyforge. I don't even, yeah. I don't own it though. Uh, I used to be super deep into Pokemon, like going to national championship and, you know, like high level play. And I am done with collectible games forever. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm done here. Yeah. Family games, Family though. Family games, yeah. So I've we've got, got a few of these. Quite a few, actually. Uh, we've played some of these recently. Yeah. So uh, The Climbers from Capstone Games. Great game. A Kid in the Shuffle from Wetzelpog Games. Great game. I love that game. I hope it wins. Really, really, really want it to win. Uh, the Mansky Caper. I've played Great that. Great game. I loved it from Calliope Games. Uh, Pantone. Uh, yeah. Pantone. Uh, the game from Cryptozoic. Not a game. I'm very mad. Not that a one. game. It's, it's an activity. It's a Cryptozoic game. Um, Spy Club from Renegade Game Studios. I'm familiar with that one, unfortunately. Uh, Strawberry Ninja. We are very un- we are unfortunately <laughs> familiar with that one. <sighs> yeah, there's nothing uh, wrong with the game. It just wasn't fun for me. Right. Super Kitty Bug Slap. I am unfortunately also familiar with that one. Steve Jackson. Uh, the Tea Dragon Society card game. We played that one recently yeah. for an episode. Really cute. Rather enjoyed that. Um, yeah. It's really cute. Great family game. And then When I Dream from Asmodee. I'm not familiar with that mm-hmm. one at all. And then we've got some miniatures games. We've got Fallout. Uh, we've got Kill Team. Kings of War. Necromunda. Okay, there's one that I... Well, like Fallout. I know what Fallout is, but I couldn't tell you anything about the miniatures game right necromunda okay i I know about that it's a warhammer game um there's a game of thrones miniatures game here and then there's a star wars miniatures game great okay i'd pick it's gonna be star wars um and then there's some role-playing games there's There's a bunch bunch of them the only one that i'm like that drew my attention there there were a couple uh apparently there's a flash gordon (laughs) role-playing game right i would Uh, i would play that now that i know it exists um there's a mutants and masterminds game book on here there's a new Monera on here uh, Star Trek Adventure starter set yeah because that was new last year and there's a new vampire VTM yeah but I have opinions edition, about that which uh, is not White Wolf <laughs> it's not published by White Wolf so. White Wolf doesn't publish anymore no White it's Wolf doesn't publish anything Onyx, you buy the PDF. Onyx Path Publishing does the Chronicles of Darkness stuff and Modifius Entertainment does the uh, original like World of Darkness stuff yeah so I don't know whatever um, and then there's some role playing supplements that um are I don't know why they're, they're different from role playing games. Yeah. Because this is their books that they've added to the role playing games, yeah. whatever. And uh, then game accessories, game accessories, which again, there's nothing funny. Like last year there was some weird ones. Some weird ones, but this one there's just magic carpet well, and squig, squig dice. dice. Yeah, I don't know what that. <laughs> um I mean I guess we could click on it and find out what squig dice is, but like does anybody uh, Okay, it's a games workshop product. Okay, and they look like they're like they flesh. Teeth. Yeah, they look like flesh with teeth and stuff. Um, because on. they are a, based on a squig. Yeah. Which is a Warhammer so. monster. Yep. Um, so, are you backing any Kickstarters right now? Because oh, I am. Yes. I well, am backing one. John D, should we plug? Well, let's let's talk about the Kickstarters that we have on here, and then we'll plug the special thing. Well, and I'm backing one right now that you didn't. Put yeah, on. I didn't put that because I didn't know what Kickstarters you were backing. So yeah, if you've got one. Then go for it. Uh, it. I'm I am backing, and I'm surprised you didn't say anything about this. The hostage negotiator crime or career. What? Back. So am I. 
right? What are the odds? We don't need to say a lot about this because we just recently did an episode where we talked a lot about this game and about the Kickstarter that was getting ready to launch. Yeah, I didn't put it on the list because I honestly um, didn't feel like we needed to spend a lot of time on it. But yes, we should announce. uh, If you listen to our previous episode, we said that we would um, let you know. We'll provide the link. We'll provide the link for it. It's, it has, we are going to be playing through the, the series of it. And so we will have probably either some bonus content episodes about it specifically, or there'll be, uh, another episode later on that we revisit it once we've gone through a lot of that yeah. extra content. So there's, there's that. Um, is that the only one you've got? That's the only one I'm backing. Okay. Right now. Well, I've got one here that's not going to fund, but that's okay. Maybe it will. I think this is a really cute game. It's called Rusty Industry, a fast-paced engine-building board game. Title's too long. Uh, Feel the influence of an interactive economy as the effects of supply and demand shape your choices. Too abstract. Maybe I'm just telling you why I think it's not funding, but um, it's it's an economic game, which people people like, um, but also people don't like. So the the, uh, the blurb here, in a quiet farming community on the outskirts of the capital city, a community of peasants makes an incredible discovery. Beneath their fields lay the ruins of an advanced society. What? Uh, as this uh, comes quickly to the attention of the rusty king, the boisterous monarch of the land, whose love of riches knows no bounds, the king devises an ingenious plan to establish a great industrial empire. Assemble the brightest minds across the continents, continents, plural. Uh, okay, I don't know how that works. Anyway, the, the, the point is here, it's an economic uh, market manipulation game with some resource management. And um, I believe it is available to play on Tabletop Simulator, so you can check it out. Um, I don't think it's going to fund... I really like the art. I think it's really... It's cute. It, it reminds me of, of something, and I, I can't quite put my finger on what the art reminds me of. It reminds me of Rugrats. Rugrats? Okay. At least the people in, okay. in, in it do, a little bit. But, you know, it's just, it's kind of floundering here. It's not going to, I don't think it's going to pick up any steam, but I could be wrong. Uh, I haven't backed it. It's it's saved, and if it gets towards the end of the campaign and it looks like it's going to fund, I'll throw some money at it. And I realize that's the problem. It is available to play on Tabletopia. Oh, it's on Tabletopia? Okay. I, I, I knew I had seen it on something as a, as a digital. It looks fun. It looks... I mean... I won't just, back it, but I would play it if somebody brought it to the table. There's just something about it, and maybe it's the timing... Because there's some other high-profile Kickstarters, but I don't know. And then this one, uh, super, super funded, from the creators of Unstable Unicorns, is Runes and Regulations, a card game of suburban sorcery. It's a strategic card game that combines the aggressiveness of a horde of dragons with the passive aggressiveness of a suburban unicorn. What? It's, It's made by the people that made... Unstable unicorns and that See, crap that game. That loses me right there. Fair enough, um, but at least you know what you're getting yourself into here. And, True. Um, if you have backed one of their previous unstable unicorn projects, 
if you back this one, you also get a like cross promotional card uh, of the unicorn that's in this game as an unstable unicorns card. Okay. Um, I mean, it's it says it's a strategic card game, but coming from them, I don't feel right, like it's probably right. too much of a strategic game. Which I'm not insulting them. There are there. There are there is, there is strategy for, in and the there's game. an audience for this game 100%. Yes. I'm just not part of it. The strategy of this game is different than the strategy of like brass. That's fair. But there's still strategy. It's not just like a mindless pick a card, throw it down, it doesn't really matter what you do. Like you still need to strategize about it. And it comes with a spinner. Name another game recently that's come with a spinner. I haven't seen a spinner in a long time. I know. But um, it's super funded. It's like a bazillion dollars funded. So you'll definitely get this one if you uh, if you back it. And um, they don't have their add-ons listed yet, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to get any of their previous games as add-ons. Pretty sure. I don't work for them. I can't confirm that, but it seems like it would be dumb not to. We also have another Kickstarter that we're going to talk about. On a special bonus episode. How, how can you listen to that special episode? It will Johnny? be on our Patreon. Don't give us money. Don't give us money. It's, Don't give us it's money. It's something that we have set up for if we want to do it later Don't, on. If you if you do give us money, thanks, but don't don't give us money. Yeah, If you don't. give us money, you're dumb. You don't give us money. We don't deserve money. Seriously, we're just putting it on there so that there's something on there. The only reason that we have a Patreon is because like two people have said, hey, have you guys thought about getting a Patreon? And and so I've done it to shut them up. We aren't going to devote give us money. a lot to actually doing a Patreon for now. Now, it might be said something that, we do later. If after convention season is over and John D and I get our crap together a little bit better, we'll see. But, but don't, now, don't give us money. For now, you'll be able to find this bonus episode on there. You will not have to pay to get it. Right. Just go there and listen. It will not it's be free. It's, it's just not going to be an hour long episode. It's probably going to be 20 minutes. Yeah. So, uh, and it is about a Kickstarter that's up right now. It's about a Kickstarter. We're not going to tell you any other nope. information. It's, it's free, free bonus stuff because we've also been asked to do bonus stuff for a thing that we also aren't going to talk about right now. Right, not right now. Not until we decide. Um, but having said that, we're off to the races. So until next time. Until next time, John D. You can eat chit and dice. Eat Chit and Dice is an independent production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license. Attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0, international.